Hey everyone, Shonda here. Welcome back to the Power in Community podcast brought to you by Art of Me. Today we have an amazing episode with some amazing people who are going to talk to us about the power of story, the power of community, and the power of being women and sisters in community. Um, We're going to be talking about the film Sisters on Track, which is on Netflix and a couple of people who were involved with the making of that film and that community. Welcome everybody to the podcast. And really quickly before we get started, I really want everybody to just go around, introduce yourself so that the people listening in can know who you are and what you do. Anybody can start. Let's start with Erica. Hi, everyone. I am Erica Stanley Dotton. I am actually a social impact producer on the film for the film says it's on track. Um, what social impact production is, is actually after the movie's done, you know, um, it's the way to use the themes and the subject matter in the film to create programs, raise money, you know, do lots of things that we can do in our own community and outside of our community um, using the film. And so that's kind of what my job is with this. And, and I've been working on, you know, with another, a great team and these lovely women who you will meet in a second for almost close to a year now, um, just using Sisters on Track and post um, after it premiered on Netflix to do screenings. And, and we've done a lot of events and just like really, really cool things, bringing folks together to talk about the film and talk about how we can all make changes and and, and how we can, you know, meet more Coach Deans and meet more Coach um, Cheryl Toussaint and, and you know, uh, figure out how the film itself can be um, impetus for change. So that's my that's my role. Cool. Then we have coaching. Go ahead. You can go next. <laughs> Hi, um, my name is Jean Bell. I'm the head coach of Jeunesse Track Club, which is an all girls track club in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm obviously in the film Sisters on Track, which followed my team for about four years and culminated in the film on Netflix. Uh, I'm also an attorney and an administrative law judge. And um, I just, you know, have been coaching the team. I started the team in 1985 and have been coaching ever since. And last but certainly not least, we have Cheryl. Go ahead, Cheryl. Hi, my name is Cheryl Toussaint. I'm a native of uh, New York, Brooklyn. Uh, I was a member of a track team, which got me involved in in sports and that's how I came to know Jean, Coach Jean and Erica. Uh, we all competed for a team out of Brooklyn named uh, called the Adams Track Club and we were all involved in a program, uh, the Colgate Women's Games, for which I'm the meet director uh, of and the subject of the story also participated in the Colgate and still do participate in the Colgate Women's Games. So Uh, That's our connection. I'm a graduate of New York University. I was also a member of the 1972 Olympic team uh, that competed in Munich, where I won a silver medal there. And my life's work outside of sports and the Colgate Women's Games is that I was an entrepreneur for some 20 odd years. Um, I founded Toos Running Apparel, which was a, a brand of racing apparel Um, that was custom designed for track and field athletes, starting out with women, of course, first. 
And then for uh, all athletes that we marketed uh, and sold across the country to teams and schools there. So I've been involved in track in a whole bunch of different ways. Miss Cheryl, do you got some leggings left? Because I could use some leggings. <laughs> Actually, I don't do it anymore. I'm totally um, immersed in my work with the Colgate Women's Games, but I can point you in the right direction. I appreciate that. I'll get the details after the podcast. <laughs> we all want we all want the two's archives. Where are the two's archives, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, I know. It, okay. it, it was fun. Yeah, we all need a pair of leggings or something. But um, you know what? One thing that I will say listening to all of you talk is that everything that you all are involved with is involved in helping other people. And one of the things that I constantly find myself repeating on our podcast when we're meeting other artists and creatives is like, if you're not doing your art or your thing to lift other people, to push other people, to change the lives of other people, why are you really doing it? You know what I mean? Because yes, there's this thing where we honor ourselves, right? And we're like, I really want to tell this story. But when we aren't telling stories that don't make differences, when we aren't telling stories that don't bring change and don't push for um, different perspectives and stuff. I just, I don't know. Are we really artists? Are we really using our voices in responsible ways? And so to listen to you all and see how many roles you all play in different things, you are on the right podcast because that's what we (laughs) talk about here. And before we even jump into talking about the film, I wanted to ask you all, what communities would you consider yourself being a part of, rather it be like race or location or culture or language? What would you say um, is your community, what you identify as your community? Well, for me, I, I, I identify as being part of a, of a global sports community. And I say that because once you're an athlete, you kind of connect on a very, uh, on a, a very high level with any athlete in any sport. And, you know, I try to look at myself as being a part of the greatest sports community because sports and athletes are really true ambassadors in so many ways because when when athletes actually are in the forefront and they're doing their thing, they're reflecting the sentiments of so many people who support them in their work. So we, we tend to be ambassadors when we step out front, although we're individuals, we are representing our communities. We're representing our race. We're representing the people we work with, you know? So I kind of take that high approach because I feel like it, it, it's really the life that I've lived. I can go um, next. I, I, I can say that's a great question. I think, you know, and, and, and Cheryl, that, that, what you just said is really powerful because I think being part of a sports, the global sports community is something that has so many different legs. You know, I think for me um, as an athlete and, you know, as a lifelong athlete, I should say, cause I'm still running, still competing, you know, doing different things. And that has sort of morphed into my life becoming this, you know, in my career, even, you know, being affected by just the people that I've come in contact with and, you know, and, and none of it necessarily planned, but I think, being an athlete, being in sports as a, as a child and, and, and having the access and the mentors that I had set me up. And I'm, you know, it's a wild thing to just now realize that like later in life, you know, that, that 
all of those things that were happening along the way set me up for what I'm doing now. And it's, and it's, it's really powerful and really, you know, I feel super lucky, but also like, I understand now what it means to, you know, mentor, what it means to bring people along, what it means to give back. And so I, I consider myself an athlete who, you know, now is taking that and figuring out how to affect the, you know, change with the next generation. Um, I'm a mom, you know, and I think of, of young boys and, you know, everything that I do is really about, you know, what's going to happen next for them <clears throat> and, and all kids, really. Hi. So uh, this is Jean Bell. I consider myself an, an African-American woman that grew up in Brooklyn, New York, specifically Bedford Stuyvesant. And even though I don't live in Brooklyn anymore, um, I when people ask me, where are you from or where do you live? when I'm outside of New York, I always say Brooklyn. <laughs> I never say Long Island where I live now because my heart is in Brooklyn and that's where I do a lot of my outside work, not my real work that pays me, but my outside work with the girls on the team and have done so for these past 37 years. So I'm, my community is, is Brooklyn and, uh, girls in Brooklyn, and most of them are African-American, but some aren't. Um, and that's that's my community of people. Yeah, amazing. I When I was coming to terms that I was going to talk to you all about this film, I was like, there are so many things that I want to ask, and I feel like 30 minutes is just not a enough time to really um get into like the crux of how amazing this film is so I had to watch it twice just because that's how I am as a filmmaker is like you can't watch a movie once and think you know what you're talking about you got to watch it a couple times um so I did watch it twice and I feel like I got different things um even the second time that I got um that I read it or sorry watched it um and enjoyed it and when you all are talking about um, your communities and the people you're impacting, I want to know if anybody can speak on how you've seen this film impact um, the girls in New York, how you've seen it impact the track team girls or just people that y'all have talked to outside of, you know what I'm saying, the, the people in those communities. What has been the most thing that has stuck out to you? Like we really created something that has changed lives. Well, uh... <laughs> I didn't realize how big the film was and in terms of how it would impact people. And I seriously, I get emails from people, not just in, in our community and in um, the U.S., but all over the world from Brazil, from Spain, from France, from Africa, from Colorado, from Florida. You know, women all over have reached out to me saying how the film has impacted them and inspired them and made them think about when they were children, if they were in sports or even if they weren't and, and how it resonated with them in so many ways and different parts of the film and points of the film have connected them with us. So I think that it's had a great impact on so many women and so many girls. And I think that's great. And I, I try to get back to each and every one of these people and thank them for not only enjoying the film, but, uh, you know, bringing the story into them, 
into their own lives. And I can say, you know, just working obviously on the impact campaign, you know, just what I've seen in the short, you know, I wasn't part of the actual production. So I came on afterwards, which is, you know, a different thing. But it's interesting to see like, you know, Jean, they were working on this for five years. So it was like so much a part of their lives and then it was done. And then here we come. And it's kind of like, you know, she even says now all the time, she's like, oh my God, this, you know, the film, like she can't believe sometimes that it's like this big deal, you know, that people are so, and I, you know, in my own network, of people, of friends, family, you know, uh, colleagues. It's it's always, what an inspiring story. Oh my gosh, you know, Coach Jean, we love her. Like, how can we support, you know, what, what Janessa, like, they can't believe that, you know, she doesn't make money doing this, she has another job. Like, I mean, it's just like all kinds of stuff. And so it's like, we, I see, I've, I've nothing but like just inspiration really has come from this and, 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 and on every level. I mean, we're talking about kids, obviously, who love it and see themselves in the shepherd girls. Right. And then we see parents who see themselves there and, and coaches and, you know, folks that work with kids. And so and even myself, you know, the first time I saw it, you know, it was I was I first of all, I had no idea it was even being made. And so when I saw it, you know, I was in shock because it was so much of my own life personally, personally, you know, in there. And all, and we'll talk about, you know, our coach, Fred Thompson, just all over the film and just, I just, you know, so I know I, I was impacted immediately. And so I know that kind of had a ripple effect on everybody else. Yeah. And likewise, when I watched it, uh, it, it literally, every time I watch it, it brings tears to my eyes simply because there's some part in that, in the film that everybody can relate to personally and you know, to watch the transformation, if you will, of the Shepherd Sisters in particular, but the entire team uh, and the effort um, on the part of the coaching staff, uh, Jean, Carol, and all of her coaching staff, I mean, the dedication that they put into it to actually be able to witness it, like from a film's perspective, um, even though I knew the story, but to be able to sit and watch it and, and see how it unfolded and all of the effort that went be that goes behind being a coach and a mentor and how it does really have an impact. Um, and, and it's been the strength of her program and and others like it. Um, it it's just so refreshing to see because it's a real thing and it's really changing lives. Oh, my gosh. Like. Y'all, when I watched this a second time and I have I wrote this in my questions, I was like, I wish I had a coach, Jean. And I'm not saying that I didn't have mentors. Actually, the woman who um, does is the executive director of Art of Me was my mentor since I was young. So I did have guiding people in my life. But when I watched this, I saw that in myself, um, too, that I had people like um, you said, Erica, people you look back on, you like, oh, snap. Like, had I not done this or been in, in these areas, um, would I be who I am today? Would I have the understanding of who I am today? And so I just know from watching that film that it's going to impact those girls forever. Like it, it definitely has become a foundational thing. And even as you continue to do um, that coaching and work with people, it's going to be that in, in their lives. And I think when I was watching the film, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you all, as we all are women in the community of women, when I saw the shepherds, when I saw their mother, when I saw Coach Jean, when I saw people trying to help um, uh, the shepherd's mothers, uh, the shepherd's mother, um, and I wanted to talk about women, community, and how we naturally do that with each other. Like we are naturally the 
what do you need? How can I help? How can I go get and and how society and maybe even patriarchy has limited us to like homemaking and appearances and like sex appeal. But how do you feel that sisters on track? How does it um, challenge that um, that way that women are minimized into these roles? How does the movie, when we think about all the ways that um, all the women in the film are connected, how does it challenge um, this like false identity of being a woman and being in community with other girls? Well, I feel like it, it shows the power that women have to up, uplift other women. Um, and it shows the power of not just coaching and mentorship, but it puts women, the film itself puts women out there front and center for other people to see and appreciate that. And, um, you know, for what's being done itself in the film, like the coaching and the development and the teaching and the lessons and all of the disciplines that come out of being a part of this sport. Obviously it's not just about running track. I mean, you see these young girls go out and then do some amazing things with their lives. And that's the essence, that's the purpose of all of it. And it's just nice to see it in a film that there's such a strong sisterhood, such a strong, uh, you know, like you said, womanhood, womanhood going on and it feeds itself. Other people want to attach to that. And men watch it and men see, wow, this, this, is, this is pretty deep. So, and the program, and we'll, I know we'll come to this at some point in the conversation if there's time, but the program that we're all involved with now, the Colgate Women's Games, that's the same type of effort. It's all about women. Women, for the most part, run it. And, you know, we all see the benefits that, you know, we all have and see the benefits of uplifting each other and how it actually, you know, encourages us all to do better. I can add that I just love that. I love that the, the film also focuses specifically on Black women and girls and, and, and all of the things that we all know, you know, are a big part of our lives. I mean, just, I mean, things that everyday hair and, and, and you know, you know, going, getting dressed up and, you know, watching the girls go through their prom and, you know, the hairdresser who's, you know, close to the mom and just like all the different relationships that are a part of your life too, you know, and, and not just, you know, the obvious, like the teachers at school or the, but like also just like the community that was built around them, um, you know, starting with Coach Jean and Coach Carol and, and Janess. I love watching that and I still, you know, can't really get enough of it because it, it really is love. It's, I love to see that on film as well because it's not, that's not subject matter that we are privileged enough to, to have out there as well at either. <clears throat> the team was set up as a means of empowering young girls, not, not just making them physically stronger on the track, but, but mentally tough so that it plays out in later areas of their lives. And um, in order to do that, we have to have uh, powerful women who dedicate themselves to the team, all of my coaches, we all volunteer and we're all there every day, day in and day out, year after year. And we're there for the girls and not just the girls though, sometimes we have to jump in and help the parents 
because the parents are struggling or the parents need to find a new job or need to find a job or need some counseling on child rearing. <laughs> but um, the whole premise of the team is to build strong women and a community of women. And it's about women or the coaches are women or the girls will one day be women. And they get to see that there are strong women here who are leading this community. And um, even the fathers that we have that are involved, they want their daughters to be involved in this because they want their daughters to grow up to be strong women. And so they support us also in, in any way. Um, and so it pays off in the end. I definitely agree um, with what all, you, all of you are saying about this larger impact that is happening on everybody, you know, intersectionally I love that it's like yeah the girls physically strong but also emotionally strong and like yeah mom needs help too and dad needs help too and then we also still have to have like Erica said these discussions about what it means to be black and brown or you know I know coach Jean said she has other uh kids of different colors too um just but what does it mean to show up and exist in this world um people need that guidance at a young age I think one of the points in the documentary that stood out to me was when uh, you, Coach Jean, were reading the story to um, the young girls about um, a Black character who was going to be in an all-white space and, like, uh, trying to um, mute themselves a little bit so that people didn't feel like they were ghetto or didn't feel like they were, like, all of this. Like, Black women, that's an ongoing battle for the rest of your life. And if somebody doesn't give you that foundational you know, thing that you need to know that you're going to run into this in so many spaces. What do you do? How do you have like strength um, to to push through those later? Well, you got to have a coach gene, you know what I'm saying? You got to walk with people like Erica and Cheryl in these uh, spaces so that they can be like, girl, I've been there. You know what I mean? And this is what you're going to do next time. And I feel like um, when I watch that, I am reminded of the ways that I kind of had to discover what it meant to like show up in in, in, in the world. And I, I kind of wanted to bleed into talking about um, the Shepherd sisters really quick. So Ty, Rain, and Brooke, wonderful girls, wonderful self-awareness. I think their mom is doing amazing, but I can tell how the community has also helped uh, strengthen them in their own personalities. I mean, it was just a lot of emotional awareness when I was watching. I was like, these girls are smart and they know like they know what they need and what they want. And they're still kids, right? But they still, um, I think that was one of the things that stood out to me because I was, I'm that, I was that young girl. Asked my mom, she couldn't stand me because I was super stubborn. I'm like, mom, this is what I would like to do. And so I kind of want to bleed into talking about how the film has um, impacted their lives positively. Um, and just like how they're doing today, do you feel like, um, do you feel like you continue to see the fruit of how Sisters on Track and the track track training in itself um, continues to play a hand in their lives? Well, I can say that, you know, the the contact and, and what we've what we've been working on with the impact campaign, you know, we've gotten a chance to talk with the girls and, and, and invite them out to speak, you know, on, on panels like this or, you know, uh, go to track meets or, you know, and. For instance, you know, well, all three girls, first of all, um, you know, Brooke and Rain are running from what I, you know, know. Ty 
is deciding whether she's going to continue to run. They're both, they're all teenagers, full on teenagers now. (laughs) So, you know, that already brings a whole other, you know, element, you know, it's funny. They watched, they told me, you know, they watched themselves as their kid, their babies, they're little in the film, you know, and now they're teenagers, like full teenagers, 16, 17, I think, and 14. Um, So uh, yeah, I think, I think they having this, that, reflection right being able to see yourself then and now I personally think is going to be the thing that even if they don't realize it now they're going to later on be like oh snap like that was an opportunity that was you know and I think they're still trying to figure that out I mean they're in high school thinking about college you know running trying to just figure figure it all out and I you know I was when I was 16 thank goodness for Fred Thompson because I was a mess too well 13 really but like you know by 16 I was definitely a mess and so I think that you know all the people in their lives and around them are really gonna guide them you know to to make some good decisions yes like Erica said they're all full-fledged teenagers now and even in the film I talk about how those changes occur in young girls lives where they're betwixt and between, and and all three of them, I think, are trying to figure out where do they go from here and, and what do they want to do. And sometimes you have to step back and let them figure it out on their own. You know, we've given them the foundation, and um, now they have to make smart choices, and that has to be left up to them. That That always has to be left up to teenagers to figure themselves out. It's a hard time in your life when you're a young Black girl. And um, if, but if you have someone who you know is always going to be there for you, um, but not pushing you, not demanding of you, then you make your own choices. And, and it be like Ty says, it's, it's your life and you have to make it a good one. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. It's always going to be up to um, teenagers. And then when they become women, it's going to be up to to them as well. I actually just turned 27 recently. And that's something that I keep hearing in my mind where I'm like, it is my decision. Like people can give me the tools and the advice and I still have to like walk out my own path. And all I, I pray and hope that the foundation that I got was is good enough to kind of continue to push me forward into, I feel like I'm 30 sometimes. I don't know why. Like, is that what happens between like 26 and 30? You just feel like you're 30 already. I don't know. I feel like I'm already walking in that age. Um, But I 100% agree. It's about the choices that you're going to make later in the long run based on who you are and based on the character that you develop. And I wanted to like have a larger um, conversation about like people and who they are and understanding themselves and then bleed into Colgate, if that's okay for you all. Um, When I was watching this film, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the controversy controversy that we see sometimes with like the Olympic games and stuff like that. And I remember one of the girls, I believe it was Rain said that at one point that she wanted to be an Olympian. And I'm sure plenty of people that you've met uh, Coach Jean wants to be that, wants to have that dream. And I know it's not 
always an impossible feat. Like it can happen. However, like in recent media news, lots of athletes who go to the Olympics, such as track star Shakari Richardson, gymnast Simone Biles, and recently the skater um, Camila Bolivia, I believe that's how her name says, uh, she and them all have pressures um, around being athletes. And I wanted to talk to you all about that. Um, What are your thoughts on women competing in sports and managing their mental health, managing their expectations and having healthy competition? And how do we see that in Colgate? I know that's a long (laughs) question, but um, it's a long conversation to have. And I feel like I see a lot of it going on and I'm not in sports, but I'm watching these women go through these challenges and we all cheering them on like, oh, my gosh. This person's amazing. But even to see Simone Biles step down last year, which I believe was very a very responsible choice to make. You know yourself. We just talked about that. You know yourself and the things that you need to do. But what do y'all think about mental health and capacity and expectations in sports um, with women of color or just women in sports in general? Sports in general, but track and field in particular, since it's the thing I know the best of, you know, um, Hands down, it, it, it's it's one of the great equalizers in that it, it's unmatched in it, the, the physical and health and mental health benefits that it has to offer. So whether you become an Olympian or not, there are so many benefits that you acquire over the course of your of your career in the sport that. Uh, it, you, you still benefit in huge ways, like Jean said, and it it pays off, it pays dividends in the future for you. Um, in particular, like um, with Jean and all of the, Coach Bell, I call her Jean because I know her so personally, but um, all of the girls that were members of her team and many who don't have teams and who don't know how to even be get involved on a team, um, I'll mention the Colgate women's game simply because that's how Brooke, Rain, and Ty discovered track and met Coach Bell. And there's so many girls out there like that that would benefit from just having the experience of competing in sports. And and that's why I guess I I consider my, you know, while I am many things to many people, sports and being involved in sports changed my life. It taught me how to compete it taught me how to believe in my ability to achieve on and off the track. And that builds self-esteem. So it's a win-win um, just being involved in sports. But as far as the Colgate women's games, that's the, the, the larger uh, conversation or the broader conversation um, about being involved in sports is that this is that's an opportunity. The Colgate women's games, which is the longest running amateur developmental track and field series for girls and women in the United States. And it's been around for 40 some odd years. Provides a platform where any young girl, whether she's competed on a team, whether she's looking for a team, whether she's just looking to go out and understand what it's all about, maybe make friends. That's a place where she can enter. And there's always some event There's events for everybody, whether you like to run, jump or throw, it's totally free. And it's something that, you know, they, most of the athletes that come through the program, the girls that come through the program, 
find such a connection because again, going back to the womanhood and the sisterhood thing, that is something that you feel as soon as you walk in the door, the camaraderie. And, and, and we accept girls from first grade all the way through college and beyond. We have women who are 30 and beyond and older that compete in the competition. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, amazing to see how just being in the environment, in the environment of the Colgate women's games, it inspires coaches, it inspires athletes, it inspires the officials, the parents. So, you know, it, it's a, an amazing event and it's coming up soon. And before we end the show, I have to put in uh, a call to action for anybody that's listening uh, to come out because we have an event coming up in April. Registration is March 1st, uh, www.colgatewomensgames.com. I don't want to forget for your listeners to know that this is out there uh, and it's going to be happening very soon. March 1st, they can go online to uh, the website I just gave you, complete an entry form. It's free. It's fun. It's empowering. And March 19th, we register the girls. Uh, that's our registration day. All this information is on the website. And it, on weekends in April, we have the competition and it all takes place in New York. So uh, I just want to make sure that uh, your listeners know that if it's not necessarily uh, a if there's not a team in your area or a group that you can seek out to find you know the kind of programs say like Jeunesse Track Club and what coach Jean Bell has done for so many young ladies you can always find a way to make the connection at the Colgate Women's Games. Y'all heard it here okay Cheryl was not about to let that <laughs> go back. Right. You better visit the website and get involved. And thank you for that, um, Cheryl. I, I want to be a person who provides that platform for people through this podcast. So please visit the website and go see what you can do to be involved. If there's something in your city, if there's something close by. And then you said April, right? April is the upcoming game. Yeah, Mar March, March 1st, go on to www.colgatewomensgames.com. All the information is there competition starts in April, but you do have to go online and complete the entry form March 1st and uh, register March 19th. That's all up on the website. Okay. And just to add, I mean, girls come from all up, all over to the, to the Colgate women's games, all up and down the East coast, you know, the Midwest. I mean, you, we've talked about how it's not just a New York meet. It's, it's really brought together so many different girls from different places, which is really, really cool as well. And just to talk about the, the stress and managing your mental health um, in, in the course of competitions, I just want to say that that has to begin early. And even though um, we have, we make the girls have goals, we also have them understand that it's okay to fail. Uh, it's okay not to meet those goals. That's a part of life. And it's also a learning experience. So if if you have someone who's who has high expectations for you, but also is telling you that it's okay not to meet those expectations all the time, then, um, then you'll be okay. I agree with that. I think that is a very simple answer to that because it, it ends up being like a very complex thing when we were watching at home and seeing these amazingly talented women do their thing. But I get what Coach Gina is saying. It goes back to that 
foundational, somebody telling you it's okay to fail. It's and I saw that a lot in the film. I saw Coach Jean telling people like that's okay, you know what I'm saying? And telling the sisters that's okay. Like, listen, next time, you know, you know, or even just mm-hmm. giving tips about like, see, you know, had we been practicing a little bit more, had we been, you know, doing what we needed to do, then this could be the result. And like having those hard, but like good conversations that need to happen so that again we are you know putting that foundational uh thing there so that when they are older they have that emotional intelligence to be like you know what that's okay you know what i'm saying um and i think that even goes back to the point i made about simone biles clearly has had that foundation in her life that she was able to be like for my mental health I can't give it to y'all this year i'm actually going you know what I'm saying do what i need to do for me somebody told her it was okay because that was huge that's big right people will say you don't step down from that you don't do that but she knew she knew herself and somebody gave her that and so I love that the games Colgate women games does that for girls and before we end I, I wanted to say um that I saw in the film that you all highlighted education so much and I know that Colgate games represents opportunities for girls to succeed in their dreams but also um it highlights education and it needs to be the forefront forefront and I wanted to hear from you all why do you feel like it's important to tell that balanced story of pursuing education but also pursuing track and sport I mean I can just really quickly speak from my own perspective and coming you know, as a, I came to the Adams Track Club at 13, you know, I was a, in high school already, older, you know, going through my 13-year-old stuff. And my mother walked me around there and dumped me on Freddie's lap and said, all right, you deal with her. Cause, and, you know, co- competing in Colgate was like one of the first things I did, obviously, because it was at Pratt where we trained. It was his meet. And, you know, I can just remember as a child, as a young, you know, uh, as a young teen, being so scared so but like also it taught me I mean it gave me so much confidence and like he was always very much you know into this into training into you know working hard and all those things but at the same time it wasn't just about competing it wasn't just about it was about being first of all obviously school was a a, a non-starter you had to have good grades you had to you know, be going somewhere you wanted to go, you had to want to go to college, like all those things. Like that was a requirement. And and he talked about that all the time. And so in my mind, it wasn't even a thing that you wouldn't, you know, it was part of the program. Um, and then with Colgate, you know, you get scholarship money if you win in your, uh, uh, your age group or your school division. But really it's about, you know, knowing that there's those two parts of it. It's not just about running. It's about what are you going to do after? And I know for me, that's that shaped who I am today because I'm still involved. I'm st- I was able to get a scholarship to college. I was able to, you know, come out and still, you know, the years, many, many years later, come back to the sport in this way. And I know that none of that would have been possible had it not been reinforced in me at 13. Yeah, and to piggyback off of what Erica just said, so with Coach Thompson, as with Coach Bell and the Colgate Women's Games, I mean, I think really the the sport itself is is a is a means to an end you know there it's not just about running track and i mean yeah sure it's about being better athletes the lessons that you learn through being competitive a competitive athlete helps you to build discipline and certain other characteristics and qualities that you need to just be successful to to be able to be self-sufficient to be self-reliant self-determination so it's really like uh, just 
a pathway to success and, and, and personal achievement through the pursuit of education. You know, so I feel like they all parallel, uh, you know, they're all, they all run parallel the program simply because the, the, the running itself is a means to an end, you know, and it, and it teaches them how to become uh, more competitive and better thinkers and, you know, deal with all sorts of stress, stresses and pressures that you will meet head on in life and how to manage them. And like you said about Simone Biles, how to know when sometimes you have to step back from them. So the, the main goal of Jeunesse Track Club is to prepare the girls through high school to hopefully get some type of athletic scholarship and go on to college. Now, a lot of times we get girls come on the team and they're not even thinking about college. Their parents didn't go to college. They don't know anything about college and neither do their parents. But when you're in a community of people that have that goal, then you're going to latch on and that will become your goal too. And that's what we see happen over and over again. And really, like I say in the film, education is the key to having that successful life. Now, you know, that's, that's what we are there for. And that's what we try to do over and over again. Yeah, I love at the end of the day, what I'm hearing, and just to repeat what Cheryl said, it's the pathway to success. And I even repeating what Erica said about it being a means to an end, like that is, you know, it makes sense in the sense of like our bodies get, you know what I'm saying? They don't always, they can't always do those amazing things that they did. And so it will end one day and having that plan of like, what am I going to pursue? I think even one of the girls, had multiple things she wanted to be uh, later in life. Um, and so that having that importance of like, I can do STEM and I can do track, you know what I mean? I could, I could be an artist and a singer and I could run, you know what I mean? Um, and I have this backup of uh, other aspirations that I want to do. Our lives are long. We have long lives to live and kind of just continue to elevate and evolutionize who we are. And so I love that Colgate allows the girls to get this confidence in this ability to do something bigger than themselves, but then also um, just connects them to those other resources later in life too so that they can be well-rounded individuals and so that is the importance of this program and I just want to also repeat what Miss Cheryl said about going to www.colgate.com and check out um, under the games tab you can see the schedule that's coming up Um, there's a digital entry form that you can do to see if you're eligible to compete and then it looks like from April 3rd through the 10th, um, they'll be hosting the meets. And so if you're a girl listening in and you think you can do something amazing and want to be a part of something amazing, this could be your thing, the Colgate's women's game, because it won't just stop with you learning how to run and learning how to be um you know, physically fit, but it will also connect you to these other things later in life, like education and self-identity and understanding who you are. Um, and so I am going to wrap up the episode right here. And I just want to thank- Wait, can I just add one more thing? Oh, it's, oh, you know, ahead. the Colgate starts in the first grade, but it goes through adulthood. And so I was going to say, it's not just for little girls who okay. just were starting out. It's, it's for everybody. I mean, I think any woman who, you know, 
is trying to figure out or just, you know, interested in, in being a part of this community. I think we all saw, I know I did, I saw a community of women from, you know, little girls through adults who were doing amazing things. And, and that was normal to me, you know, and I think that's another really, really important part of the community, of the Colgate community um, outside of the games itself. Yeah, thank you for that, Erica. I don't want to limit anybody. If you are a woman, go to <laughs> www.cocasewomensgame.com and be a part of the movement because it is huge. Thank you for that, Erica, because I really do want everybody, no matter what age they are, to be able to participate in something that gives them that confidence and that joy and um, that understanding of who they are. And I want to thank you all for being on the Power and Community podcast. This has been a really, really enlightening conversation. Thank you, Erica. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Coach Jean. Did you all have anything you wanted to talk to the audience about before we leave? Any, any, anything at all? You don't have to. You're good. Okay. Everybody's good. I'm just open, you know, sharing the mic, <laughs> but this has been an amazing episode. And speaking of websites, you all don't forget to hit up our website, www.artofme.org and our Instagram, Art of Me Org, and our Facebook, Art of Me Org Productions. And there'll be a visual episode of this podcast episode on our Art of Me Productions YouTube page. I know I gave you all a lot of information, write it down, put it in your phone, whatever you need to do to keep up with it. And please keep up with the Colgate Women's Games and be a part of this movement for girls and women around the country. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. And I'll be back with more stories, more creatives, more artists, more amazing people on the next episode. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.